Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll. In this episode, you'll hear my conversation with Thaddeus Kenuel, a recent graduate of Arizona State University. More links and information about today's conversation could be found on Digication's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Full episodes of Digication Scholars Conversations can be found on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Digication Scholars Conversations. I'm your host, Kelly Driscoll, and today I am so excited to introduce Thaddeus Canuel. Thaddeus is a recent alumni from Arizona State University, and I happened to learn about Thaddeus from his ePortfolio, which was so beautifully shared in the school's ePortfolio directory. And I actually had a chance to have a wonderful conversation with one of his teachers, Gina Woodall, who oversees many of the internships that happen at Arizona State University in the political science area. And Thaddeus's ePortfolio is a result of one of those ePortfolios. So Thaddeus, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to give you the opportunity to tell your story. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. So I mentioned Thaddeus is a recent alumni. Thaddeus, could you tell us a little bit about what you majored in at Arizona State University? Yes, absolutely. So um, I actually did a double major. And so um, I studied political science um, and psychology. And so um, now I'm happy to say I have uh, two bachelors. It's very exciting. <laughs> Very exciting. And um, as I mentioned, I, I learned about you from your ePortfolio. Um, at what point in your studies did you start um, taking courses with Gina? How did you get involved in this internship experience? Well, it's actually really funny because this internship class was the first time that I'd really interacted with uh uh, with Gina um, significantly. Um, I was in the, uh, it was the School for um, Politics and Global Studies is the school at ASU uh, that mm -hmm. I was in. And um, I'd been with several professors before who had spoken um, very fondly of uh, Gina and um, like Professor Strickland, um, things like that. Um, and so it was actually Professor Strickland who got me onto this internship track um, it was last summer, summer 22, that um, he, I interned in D.C. in the House of Representatives. Um, and it was because Professor Strickland had nominated me um, for this internship program uh, with the Fund for American Fund Studies, uh, TFAS. And um, that just basically it lit a fire inside of me. I had a huge passion for working in politics then from that point on. And so then um, I managed to get another internship in DC. And so I took that internship program. Um, I took that internship class uh, with Gina and uh, working with her to do my portfolio and learning everything that I did for my um, internship and doing the reports and everything. It was just um, that that semester was just a wonderful experience for me. Awesome. And I, I look forward to hearing more about that. And one of my questions uh, about the, the latest internship, what was the duration of that? How long did you get to spend time in D.C.? 
So it was for about four, almost five months. Um, it was for the entirety of the of the spring 2023 semester. I was there from January until I was there from early January to early May. Um, so yeah, four or five months. Nice. So before you came to ASU, you mentioned that you had a double major. Had you always been interested in studying political science? What what led you in that direction from the beginning? Uh, yes, I have always been interested in that. It's actually a really funny story. Um, <laughs> so um, I had been involved with um, politics and the law and the court um, since sixth grade, actually. Um, I joined a court oh, wow. program, a mock trial club in sixth grade. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> um, I had been involved with that for all three years of middle school. And then when I went to high school at my high school, there's this really cool organization called, um, the Arizona teen court association where, um, I, uh, where we were able to have a peer jury trial for, um, adolescents in, um, our area who had committed misdemeanors. And um, they had, in trial, they had already pled guilty. Mm -hmm. And so then the judge refers them to our program. And then we basically conduct a trial where we um, find out um, why they did what they did and learn their story. Um, And then from that, we determine what um, reparations will be necessary for them to repair the harm that they've uh, committed to their uh, that they've inflicted on the community, things like that. And then it's really awesome because then um, mm-hmm. once they fulfill these reparations, their records are cleaned. Um, it gives them a second chance. Um, and the program is incredible. It's been proven to reduce recidivism rates dramatically. Um, I think it's almost it's over 90% of the adolescents who come through the teen court program um, wow. do do not get um, do not get detained again. By police and so it's a really incredible program and I loved it yeah and so um just being involved with this this these types of programs since middle school all the way until I graduated and went to ASU um I just I knew that it was always going to be something that I was going to be involved in and so um yeah I studied political science um just from the get-go I was just I just knew that it was something that I always wanted to do well, what an incredible experience for you to have had in middle school and then in high school working with, you know, you already got to have these kind of real world opportunities. And I imagine that that, you know, being able to see your impact on the youth that were really on both sides, right? Um, those that were involved in the the trial and the... Um, individuals that were kind of growing from those experiences that they had that led them to be in that position in the first place. Um, And wonderful to hear that it's made such marked change Mm -hmm. on the community there too. Um, Sounds like that's really set people on a lot of positive paths on on both sides. Um, So I was curious, before you were... um, working in the e-portfolio. I know one of the big reasons that it's been implemented at Arizona State University and used in the um, political science kinds of disciplines is so that students are having an opportunity to really reflect on their various learning experiences that they're having. And was that something that you had been 
accustomed to before you started using the e-portfolio? And how did you use it as part of your internship? Um, well, yeah, I guess I would say I wasn't very accustomed to doing stuff like that before. Um, it was, um, yeah, it was definitely, yeah, not something I was very used to, um, because then people would just, I would just, my previous internships, people would just ask me, it's like, oh, what did you do at your previous internship? And I was like, oh, I did like mm -hmm. this and that, just trying to like <laughs> come up with stuff off the top of my head. But then, um, right. <laughs> um, but then, um, this portfolio actually, it did really help me, especially, um, because with our, um, with our class, um, it was like, you need to update your e-portfolio regularly, um, as like part of your assignments. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. Um, and so any major project that I'd worked on in my internship, I made sure I got a copy of it to put into my e-portfolio. Um, I mean, you said you've like looked over it. So like one of my, one of my pages, it's that, um, there's several like reports that I wrote, or honestly, even yeah. I've managed to get one of the copies of like the bill text of uh, of a bill that I had to analyze. Um, I was able to put all that in. And so um, putting those things in on a regular basis and putting in those um, trying to trying to critically um, evaluate like the skills that I was developing and honing while I was in this internship and putting those into my portfolio, I think it did really help me. Um, and especially now that um, even I don't necessarily even have to refer to my e-portfolio to really know what I did in that internship. When people ask me, it's because I did that. It's because I did that. It like grounded me in my internship and really helped me to see everything that I did and everything that I benefited from, from that internship. And so now it's much easier for me if, you know, if they say, what did you do at your internship in the house? I'll still kind of be like, eh, like, eh, like let me think for a second. But then if they say, what did you do in your internship at the Senate? I'll be like, oh, I got you. I got this, this, and this. Like, so it definitely helped me to fully realize um, the benefits that I gained from this internship. So yeah, I'm definitely grateful for it. Oh, that's wonderful. And those are definitely the stories that we like to hear. Um, and it's one of the reasons that I think it's so important to include the student perspective in these conversations too. Um, I know when many uh, educators start using the, um, what we kind of call folio thinking or um, portfolio kinds of pedagogy, we often are aware that students may be creating the e-portfolios as part of a uh, class experience, internship experience, but it's something that, you know, those are that are using it mindfully really want it to be a value for the student even beyond that particular course or even time at the institution. And one of the things that uh, research has shown is that the, as students are kind of going through that process and reflecting on their learning, whether they do have the opportunity to share their portfolio with people outside of the school or not, that they've become much better communicators about their skills, what those learning experiences um, really did for them, how it's shaped them as a person, and can often kind of you know, sometimes serve as uh, solidifying the trajectory that they might be on, but also may bring some things to light that create opportunities for students to 
pivot in what they may want to do in the future, whether it's um, you know pursuing different things within their education or what kind of career path they may go on. Um, so I was curious as part of the internship experience, uh, you mentioned that there's a number of different examples of work that you did during your time at the Senate, some of the reports and um, things of that nature. What was the process like for you to kind of choose what you wanted to include within the e-portfolio? Because it seems like that was somewhat open um, because everybody was having different kinds of experiences. So what kind of artifacts or pieces of work were you selecting that you wanted to share? And were there any kind of permissions that you needed to get from the people that you were working with at the Senate? How did you kind of handle what you wanted to put in and who you were going to share it with and how you were going to get the okay to do so? Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, it was actually pretty easy. I mean, uh, basically for my, uh, for how I decided what I wanted to include, I was basically the things that took the most effort and the most time. Like, um, I know I put in the, um, NDAA, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act for 2023, um, because, um, that's like basically the budget bill for the Department of Defense. And um, it, mm-hmm. I spent like, it must have been two, three, maybe even four weeks, like almost an entire month, like working on this bill, analyzing it, going through all the appropriations and seeing like what, where funds got appropriated to, um, if Arizona got any mm-hmm. um, bill, if Arizona got any funds, because um, I'm from Arizona, I was working for an Arizona senator. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just so much work. And so I got to the end and I was like, oh no, no, no. We are we're putting this in the portfolio. Like <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna just like I'm gonna get credit for this. Like <laughs> um, so I think definitely those ones, but then it's also, you know, on a less pragmatic note, it's just like those were the ones that were the most significant to me that meant the most to me. And I was like, I did really good work here, and so I wanna I want to demonstrate that. Um, and then um, a lot of the other ones were reports on committee hearings. Um, so those ones were mm-hmm. pretty interesting. Those ones took me usually the better part of a day because um, they'd be transcribing and summarizing the questions and the comments made and things like that. Um, so yeah, just the things that I was basically the proudest of uh, were the things that I put into the pro- yeah. portfolio. Um, and then actually getting permission was really easy, uh, because, um, honestly, everything that I put in, um, I didn't really need permission because it's, it's all public record. Um, the NDAA, um, was, is publicly available on congress.gov. Um, and, um, all the committee notes, um, I mean, yes, they were my work for the office, but the thing is they were transcriptions and summaries of committee hearings that were also publicly available and things like that. So I didn't really need permission for any of those um, just because they were already public knowledge. So I was just, yeah, just threw them in. So, (laughs) but yeah, so yeah, that was my process. Definitely the stuff I was the proudest of. Um, And yeah, it's easy to put in. Um, So yeah. So Thaddeus, you mentioned as part of your um, internship in DC that it lasted around four to five months. And as part of this kind of 
reflective practice. How often were you adding new materials to your e-portfolio? And with all of the um, many things that you were handling day to day as part of the internship, I know you were very busy. How are you able to kind of set aside time to create those beautiful reflections that you have shared alongside the various documents and experiences within your portfolio. Um, yeah, absolutely. So uh, honestly, I feel like one of the first things I should do is um, thank Professor Woodall, Gina, because um, the way she set up the class was kind of genius. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it's almost like she knows what she's doing. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But um, so the way she had the class set up was that um, I think she had us... Um, update our portfolios as an actual assignment um maybe four or five times across the entire semester um mm -hmm. however in addition to that we also had these um assignments where each week we had to submit an update of our internship and what was going on and so then what i did was i had a little notebook with me and i would have um the days of the week written on my in my little notebook monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday and so then at the end of each day for my internship i just take like 10 20 seconds just jot down like the like the two or three like big things that happened that day it'd be like this is the project i worked on this is what was going through my head at the time or like this is the big thing that went through my head that day and mm -hmm. um this is um you know the thing that had the biggest impact on me um, and sometimes those would be, sometimes that would be <clears throat> like a committee hearing, um, or sometimes that would be, um, uh, sometimes I would just be talking to a constituent on the phone who just had like a really powerful story that I really enjoyed hearing about, mm. um, that kind of thing. And so then at the end of the week, when the assignment was due, I'd go over those notes and then I'd type up my, um, update, usually like paragraph to like a page about, and I'd submit it. Um, and then <clears throat> when those assignments came up to update the portfolios, actually what I did a lot of times was that I went back to those notes and I went back to those weekly updates to read through kind of all of them and be like, okay, I can see like the overarching themes here and um, I can see how my skill set in this specific area um, was improved and things like that. And so I was able to <clears throat> work on those and, uh, I was able to update my portfolio in that way and um feel like those um that self-reflection stuff um that stuff is um kind of for a while it's been kind of easy for me now because um i also i love to um i love to write in my um kind of in my free time um i play around with like fictional stories and i write stuff like that all the time and so you know like one of the big facets of that is you know kind of delving into a character's mindset and kind of like what are they thinking what are they feeling so the thing is is that in my free time I do that so I'm already kind of used to it so it's definitely easier for me to you know write down a reflection about a project that I worked on or my reflection on how my skills in this one area um were honed over the course of the internship um so yeah I feel like uh my proclivity in my hobbies um and then also um dr gina woodall's um genius um class structuring is definitely helping me uh definitely helped me to hone in this portfolio uh, to the point where yeah i think i um i think i worked on that portfolio um 
maybe once every few weeks, um, maybe mm-hmm. once every month, maybe. But um, because mm-hmm. of like all the groundwork that I was laying because of the internship class, um, I was able to put so much into that portfolio every time that I came to look at it, even if it was like really like once a month. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a great strategy that you had during your day to day to just kind of jot down for yourself some of the kind of key things that were happening, you know, these kind of learning moments and feelings that you were having, experiences that happened that day that you could draw from as you were drafting these longer form kinds of reflections within the within the e-portfolio. And were you provided with any kind of um, prompts as part of developing the portfolio? Were there things that were kind of embedded in the portfolio pages that you were responding to or maybe that were part of the assignment that you had received that were helping kind of guide how those reflections might be written? Um, I guess not, um, not like explicitly. Um, it was kind of one of those things where um, Dr. Woodall had um, the assignment on and then um, you know, at the very beginning of the semester, she was like, your big thing is going to be this e-portfolio um, at the end of the mm-hmm. semester. You should have like a gorgeous e-portfolio that fully encompasses your entire internship. <laughs> um, and so then, right, pretty much. Like, um, but then uh, she would, uh, she had several examples down. Um, and then she did kind of have like kind of a basic overview, a basic description. Um, I can't even quite remember what it was, but um, I got the general idea. But I think most of the inspiration did come from the examples um honestly Mm -hmm. actually what I did I think was um I um basically whenever I was working on my portfolio I'd have like one or two of the examples like in another tab on my computer so I could look and see like okay I see what they did here um and so I see I was like oh they did like these three four skills characteristics and they expanded on them in this portfolio so let me think what three or four characteristics or skills that I feel were the most relevant to my internship. And let me expand on that. Um, a lot of that was going into, um, a lot of that went into. So I drew a lot of inspiration from the examples that Dr. Woodall had provided. I was just going to say that I think it's um, wonderful that you were able to see examples that were created by students in the past. Um, I know ASU has put a lot of time and thought into creating um, templates for students that have some guidance and scaffolding in place um, for different experiences that they might be having. And you mentioned that many of the different pages kind of right at the beginning set several different skills right at the top. So for those that are actually Uh viewing the portfolio as you're going through different pages, you see those skills listed. And that almost gives you a kind of sense of the narrative that you're going to have the opportunity to read more into as your, you know, interests may carry you through the various pages of the portfolio. So it's a really smart kind of strategy in guiding viewers through the various types of content and skills that you're going to be describing. And 
you know, kind of setting the stage as you're moving through the portfolio, everything that you've been able to gain as part of this experience and growth that you've had um, having these kinds of real world experiences. Um, And it's interesting to hear, you know, as you were crafting the various portfolios that you were kind of thinking about those skills first and using that as a kind of guiding structure for developing the reflections and narratives that um, now live alongside those um, incredible documents that you've shared in the, in the portfolio. Um, So I I had a um, question for you, you know, when you were taking part in this internship experience, you mentioned that you were sharing the portfolio as it was being developed with your uh, professor. At any point, were you sharing it with other peers that were in your classes? Did you ever um, share, you know, links with family or did you share it with people that were also participating in the internship, whether it's people that were supervising you there or other peers that, I don't know if you were placed with other peers in the same place, but you know, what was the kind of audience around your portfolio as it was being created? And has that changed at all since you've graduated? I don't know if it's something that you still share with others today. So, um, yeah, so during my um, semester, it was, um, I think one of the things that I was kind of bummed about um, in this class was that um, most of the other students in the program were uh, mostly in Arizona and were studying there. Um, And then here I am um, clear across on the other side of the country across like three different time zones here in D.C., And so um, that was one of the things that I was slightly kind of bummed out about because um, I didn't really have much chance to interact with the other students in the um, in the class. Um, Yeah. So, um, I mean, the most opportunity that I had to interact with them was that we had a couple of um, we had a couple of um, discussion boards um, in Canvas for the Mm -hmm. assignment. Um, so, yeah, I would have liked to have interacted with them more. Um, but, I mean, besides that, um, I did share it with some of my classmates. Um, or I did share it with some of my um, colleagues, sorry, in the internship. Um, one of my colleagues, um, she's still a very good friend of mine. Um, she was here. Um, she was also from ASU here in D.C. Um, in a different program. Um, and she was also doing, a, I think she was also doing an e-portfolio. Um and uh, so we kind of compared notes um, talking about or like sharing kind of like, oh, OK, like this is what I'm getting from the internship or this is what I'm doing. Um, and um, yeah, it was kind of a really cool experience to kind of compare our portfolios because like we were having the same we were from the same school. We were from the same state. We were working for the same senator and we were doing the same portfolios. But then even then, our portfolios were actually kind of like significantly different. And I was, um, it was very intriguing to like see the differences between our portfolios because I was like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize that you were getting this from this. I didn't even realize you were getting this from this internship. Like, that's really cool. Um, That kind of thing. Um, So yeah, definitely. 
um, it was definitely really cool to be able to compare our portfolios. And I do wish I did have a chance to uh, share my portfolios more and kind of engage more with my classmates in the class. Like I definitely would have loved to have met with them and be kind of like, hey, let's go over our portfolios and stuff. And I would love I would have loved to learn more about their internships as well, because I know some of them were interning for the um, Arizona State Senate. Um, and I know some of them were interning. I think one of them was interning for like the Arizona Attorney General and things like that. Um, so I would have been like, oh my gosh, I would have, I would love to, I would have loved to have been able to learn more about their internships. But I think it was just like just the distance and the time difference. It was wasn't very feasible, but you know, it's okay. I'm still very grateful for my experience. <laughs> <laughs> and I also wanted to uh, ask you too. Um, you mentioned that you know you do a lot of creative writing in your free time, and may have kind of a natural inclination and and passion for writing. Um, for for students that might not have um, you know that same kind of drive uh, for writing that may be embarking on this uh, portfolio experience. Do you have any advice for them about how to kind of maybe think about the experiences that they're having? What, what are some of the kind of mindsets that you have when you sit down to, to write about your, yourself and your experiences? Gosh, that is a, that is a, Good question, because um, in my interactions with a lot of people, I have really found that there are pretty much like in that world, there really are like two types of people. There are the types of people who uh, will just who love to read, like live and breathe the stuff and love to write. And um, their brains are just spouting out like entire universes and stuff like that and it just comes so naturally to them. <laughs> and then there are those who aren't like that <laughs> and there isn't really there isn't really any in between i've i've noticed um and so and it really does seem to just be like people's brains just work differently and so people who are who are um, have a proclivity for like reading or writing it's really something that's like innate in them and then, yeah, the people who aren't, I mean, they're usually like so smart, so smart in other ways. Like, oh my gosh, math, they're the thing. they'll be like math geniuses. And I'll be like, you know, I, you know, I got algebra. I understood that. I got to calculus. I was like, what the heck is this crap? So um, I'm like, good on them. <laughs> like, love that for them. And so, gosh, trying to think. Um, so it was a very long winded way of saying like, it's a difficult question because these people who don't, these people who aren't inclined to read and write, their brains work very differently. And so, um, I'm trying to come up with advice for them is, um, really difficult. I mean, I would say, um, maybe for, I could see like with movies and stuff like that, when like characters talk about themselves, like in movies or, um, anything like that. Um, just um, thinking about like what's going on in their heads during the movies. Um, that's something that I try to do as well. 
Um, or like, you know, like in the rom-coms, there's always that, like, that tension rises up and then there's the, there's the obligatory, like, burst of love confession that always happens in like the rom-coms and it's hilarious. And the thing is, I think of it kind of like that. If, um, if people aren't inclined to like read and write, I'd be like, think about that. Like, think about something where suddenly they're just spewing everything out. Um, or, um, you know, writing letters to people and things like that, explaining how they feel. Um, Mm -hmm. just kind of those kind of maybe putting it into like a real world context be like pretend that you are talking to somebody else try to explain how you felt or um, what you learned what you experienced Um, just try to put it into a real world context pretending that you are writing a letter or writing a report for somebody Um, I think like that's how I would do it um, because I feel like real real world applications are always so important especially for those people who are usually more grounded in you know logic and math and that kind of stuff i would definitely be like put it in a real world context pretend that it is something that you're doing like for a superior or you're writing a letter to somebody who needs to know like your experiences and stuff like that i guess that would be how i would do it um real real world applications are always um a great thing um i'm I'm a very hands-on person i love real world applications so i guess that would be like my number one uh recommendation Thank you. I think that's very useful. And it kind of goes back to this conversation about the the audience around the e-portfolio too. You know, if you're thinking about as you're writing the reflections, you know, who who do you want to who do you want the reader to be? Who do you want the viewer of your experiences to be? Um even if it may be more limited in the beginning, how might you share it more openly in the future? Um, you know, if that's your if you, that's your preference. Um, so I was also curious, um, Thaddeus, that um, do you think that this kind of reflective practice, um, now that you had it as part of that internship experience, is something that you'll continue using? now that you've graduated oh goodness um i certainly hope so um because i think it was so valuable um i think um oh goodness gracious um because i feel like there's always room for self-reflection i think self-reflection and introspection is always such an important part of life um because i feel if you don't um I feel like you're not going to make any real progress unless you really understand yourself. You're not going to be able to understand what's going on outside of you without the context of understanding what happens inside of you. Um, Because um, I think one of the things that I learned a very long time ago, and it's something that I say a lot, actually, um, that um, perspectives are subjective and we experience reality through our uh, perspective. And so even if we are observing like an objective reality, that is still our observation of that objective reality is still going to be a subjective, is still going to be subjective because the way we interpret it and the way we perceive it is subjective based off of our own, um, our own minds and our own, the way our brain works. And so I feel that introspection and that self-reflection uh, self-reflection and examining 
how we're learning, how we're growing, how we're thinking is so important because we need to have that understanding to put our surroundings and our environment into the context of our perceptions. Um, And so I definitely hope that I will continue using these skills. And I, um, I think I have been maybe not so much, um, maybe not so explicitly as like writing down a paragraph of like, this is how I'm reflecting on this, (laughs) but definitely using those skills in my head more kind of being like, okay, I'm seeing how I'm learning from this. I'm seeing how this can affect me down the road. Um, and that kind of thing. But no, I definitely, um, I definitely want to make sure that I keep this in my life because, um, Again, I don't feel like I don't feel like you're going to be able to uh, move forward in life and truly learn and grow from your surroundings without putting it into the context of your own personal perspective, because your personal perspective um, is the strongest influence in your life. Because, again, it is how you your perspective is how you process everything in your surroundings. So um, definitely understanding that and making sure that you're able to grow and recognize that growth is so important. Thank you. Um, that was really beautifully said. And as you were speaking, I was recalling a conversation we had. We weren't um, recording at the time, <clears throat> but we were having a conversation about how um, life can also often provide opportunities to pivot. And um, I was wondering, as part of your own kind of journey and and growth if you have any moments like that that you might like to share with our listeners oh my gosh um i definitely have one um i might have another i'm just trying to remember but uh the number (laughs) one that i think is the most is the most hilarious is um yeah my big pivot in my senior year of high school because um, as I was saying, I've been doing court works and teen teen court, um, like through middle school and through high school. It was like it was my that was my extracurricular. Like that was what I did. Um, and even for the teen court, um, I uh, I joined in my freshman year of high school. I joined the teen court association. Um, sophomore year, I became the treasurer, and then junior and senior year, I was the president. Um, and so uh, that was like that was my thing. And, um, but it was really funny because this entire time I had been wanting to go into engineering because I am a sci-fi junkie. (laughs) I love Star Trek. I love Star Wars. I love it. And so I wanted to be an aerospace engineer. I wanted to design like the spaceships and the space stations that we would use to like launch ourselves into the space age. Like that's what I wanted to do. Um, but then in junior year, I took calculus one. And I did not do well. <laughs> and so um, I went into senior year basically realizing like, wow, engineering is not for me. <laughs> and so then um, I basically had like kind of this this crisis because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going into my senior year of high school. I'm going to college next year. And I have no idea what I want to do. Um, but then um, I kind of reevaluated myself and then I realized I was like oh my gosh I've been doing court I've been doing like court and law stuff since middle school why don't we try that and so then my senior year of high school I um took a ton of I I took a ton of um elective courses I took uh criminal justice I took AP psychology um 
all these different classes, and I fell in love with these classes. Um, criminal justice was my absolute favorite class. Um, AP psychology was my absolute favorite class. It was just the best experiences I'd ever had. Um, I was a TA for my government teacher um, in mm-hmm. my senior year as well, and I just loved working with her as well. It was just absolutely incredible experience and it was like a whole new world had been opened up to me i was i always tell people it's like senior year those classes i took it was like a fish finally being like thrown into the water and i was like oh my gosh so <laughs> um definitely um a huge pivot in my senior year of high school so like honestly probably like the most inopportune time or maybe the most opportune because it's definitely i'm definitely glad that i went into college with the intention of studying political science instead of going into college with the intention of studying engineering. So, um, yeah, definitely the, the big, big pivot of my life. Um, and then I think the other big pivot of my life was when I was in my, um, summer internship last year. Um, and then, um, I was just kind of going through the motions and everything, but then I was at an event for my program. Um, and then my Arizona senator was speaking at this event. And so um, Senator Kirsten Cinema, um, love her, she's great. Um, and so she was speaking at my event. And then suddenly I had the idea in my head, just popped in my head. I was like, why don't you stand up from your table and like go out and basically ambush her outside of the, outside <laughs> of the hall. Um, and so, and so I did. Um, and that singular moment, I didn't realize it at the time, um, but that singular moment was a huge pivot as well, because, um, that one moment, that one decision, that one, like, bold action, like, I was terrified. It was so scary when I did that, but that changed my entire trajectory, like, forever. And so, um, yeah, that was another big pivot of my life, um, but yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Life is um life is just a ton of unexpected pivots. Um and yeah, just kind of going with the flow. Um but also yeah, just being intentional when you see opportunities like going for them. Um but yeah, those are like my two big pivots I think so far in my life. We'll see how many more I go. <laughs> I know, I can't wait. I hope we can talk again and see where you've gone. Um So I know there's been some exciting things that have happened for you since graduation, and maybe it was related to this brave moment that you had to go talk to Arizona Senator, but could you tell us a little bit about what you're doing today? Oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. So um, as I was saying, this past semester, I was interning in the Senate for the Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema. And, um, my internship ended in May. Um, but, um, here I am again. Um, I am once again in DC. Um, and this is a permanent move because I am now holding a permanent position in Senator Kirsten Sinema's office. Um, so, um, you know, the, the dream scenario for every intern, um, my internship turned into a permanent position. So, um, (laughs) absolute dream come true so yes i am now here in the senate um on a permanent basis um and so yeah i'm very excited to be here (laughs) yes congratulations so 
Um, do you know what some of your new roles and responsibilities will be? Have you already started or is that something that's coming up soon? Yes. Um, I have been here for, um, a few weeks now. I'm trying to remember. I think this is my fourth week I'm currently in right now. Um, and so it's been pretty slow because we're out of session right now. So, um, yeah. It hasn't um, been very busy, um, but like also extremely busy because like, you know, the Senate never sleeps. I mean, just because um, just because the senators aren't here doesn't mean that we're not still doing work um, because, you know, we've still got constituents to serve. I mean, Arizona doesn't take a break for a month. Um, although, yeah, so the senators definitely deserve this break. They use it and actually most of them use it to go back home and um, meet with constituents and serve with their constituents and find mm -hmm. out what they want. And so this is a very productive time for the senators, um, for them to go back to their home state. Um, but, you know, we stay here. Um, we we hold the fort. Um, we serve as best we can. Um, but yeah, so mostly what I've been doing is kind of finding my feet, um, getting ready to go. Um, I've already been um, parts, I've already been in several meetings with our legislative correspondents, um, meeting with um different um organizations um just learning learning so much this entire month has just been so much learning um and i absolutely love it and um yeah it's been great i've learned so many things um in so many different policy areas now um and so i'm definitely very excited to see what i will be able to do um in the future to you know help in the senate and you know help my help um help my fellow arizonans it's very excited to be serving them um in this capacity um and i really hope that i can you know make uh make a good make a good difference for arizona and um you know for the united states as a whole I'm very excited wonderful well Thaddeus, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your story and experience is very inspiring and uh wonderful to hear how the e-portfolio benefited you throughout your internship but very pleased to hear how it is also through that experience provided you now with this kind of exciting next step in starting your your career and uh, i wish you all the best yes thank you so much it was so great talking to you um yeah, absolutely. Um, the highlight of my week. <laughs> oh, good. Glad to hear it. Well, take good care, Thaddeus. This concludes our conversation. To hear our next episode, be sure to subscribe to Digication Scholars Conversations on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. The Digication Scholars Conversation series is brought to you by Digication a technology platform powering the most innovative e-portfolio programs in K-12 and higher education. Our website can be found at digication.com. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thanks for tuning in.